Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and Mike. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannick. And we're so glad that you've joined us. This is episode 150. Crazy. Which is crazy. We are a couple hundred listens to from 50,000 downloads. Thank you to all of you who listen to us regularly. Thank you for those of you who have shared our podcast with somebody who has listened to one or two episodes. We appreciate all the love and support. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, go do so. Go leave stars on Spotify. What's up to you watching us on YouTube? Subscribe. All those things. We love your support and are so thankful for it. Yeah. Like, subscribe, and share. Do it. And uh, we would appreciate it. And we already really appreciate you helping us get to 50,000 downloads. Um, we will hit that this week with this podcast. So how crazy is it? With our 150th podcast, we would hit 50,000 downloads. That is it's so crazy. Crazy. So we just got back from Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. And I did declare it's going to be the best Thanksgiving <laughs> ever. That necessarily wasn't the case in my household. We had a good time, though wasn't best ever. It was definitely eventful. But how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, so my Thanksgiving was honestly super chill. Um, it was so chill, though, that the family got together and was like, okay, next year we need to plan like an activity, some games or something. Because literally, so we did three Thanksgivings over Thursday to Sunday, um, two of them on Thanksgiving Day. And so you show up to a house, you hang out for a little bit, you eat. The turkey tryptophan kicks in, right? Mm -hmm. And you take a nap, and then it's like, oh, it's time to go to the next one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, it was a little chill, which is great. You know, it's good to have, like, those restful times. Um, but the family was like, okay, we are so lame. Like, we're going to have to come up with something. Usually for Christmas, we have games, games for the kids. The adults play things, um, different kind of games. But Thanksgiving, we haven't done that recently. You know, we've done like football before we've done skeet shooting we've done some of these things but the last couple of years nothing maybe since covid we haven't really done anything except show up and eat and like <laughs> lay there <laughs> which isn't necessarily sometimes it's good but we we said we can't be that family so um, or you could uneventful i guess or you was could. our thanksgiving but it was good you got to introduce to them the gobbler games the gobbler games i got you bro you just let me know and it'll be a party it's what we did in student ministry I was for say, 10 years. Youth ministry games, yeah. The gobbler games. Yeah, my Thanksgiving was, man, I'm bummed that my Lions, we've been so good, and we are great. I, I do think that we're going to turn some heads this year, but to lose on Thanksgiving, which is like a common thing that we lost, lose on Thanksgiving. I mean, I was telling my brothers, dude, we like won four or five straight games on Thanksgiving. We've killed that. And they were like, uh, you might want to look that up. <laughs> and we did win, I think, four straight from like 2013 to 2016, but then we, we've lost seven straight seven now. In a row. Seven in a row on Thanksgiving. That was a bummer. I know. You've been like hyping them it so did. much. And because they lost too. this year during a good season, it did make me, I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit, it did kind of throw did bum off out the, day a little bit. the rest of Thanksgiving. I was pretty bummed, but it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving, but uh, we're also thankful that you're with us as we continue and really close out this series that we've been talking about uh, through the Sermon on the Mount, specifically looking at the Beatitudes that Jesus taught. Um, the two that we're going to go through today, though, I think are just very good, very encouraging, um, also very challenging, especially the first one. And we'll get right into it in a second, but I wanted to do a little recap. Remember um, this idea of being blessed. You know, we, we are blessed people. And so when Jesus talks about um, these Beatitudes and he's talking about how we are blessed 
in them and by them. Really, this idea of blessed is this Greek word makarios, and it actually, as we've been talking about, is the island of Cyprus. And so in this island culture, they had to be self-sustainable. Everything had to be available for them there to thrive. And the island of Cyprus, everything was there that they needed. They didn't have to import like a lot of island cultures do today. They had everything they needed right there on the island. And so this idea of blessed is this statement of a place or reality where one lived in total completeness. In other words, it's not something that you will be someday. It's something that you are right. They already belong to. And so this is the idea when we say, uh, when we say blessed. So when you know you're blessed, you are aware of the already present kingdom of God in you. Within you. I love that. So the first beatitude that Jesus does in this aspect, well, not the first, the seventh is verse nine. He says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Or in other words, blessed are those who are peaceful in a war-loving world. And I actually got the tattoo of this. It's actually one of my favorites. It's a sweet little dove, if you can see that on YouTube, YouTube, whatever. Sweet little dove, uh, just because the dove is the symbol of peacemaking. Yes, Jesus does bring inner peace, emotional peace, spiritual peace, and peace of mind, which we love talking about here on this podcast. But all of that should come out of us into the world. Uh, In other words, we should be peacemakers on the planet. Right. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and that includes the Prince of Peace in us here and now on earth. You know, he says, on earth as it is in heaven. This is our job as Christians, is to bring peace into every room we walk into, because that's who we are. That's what's in us. The irony is revealed in the fact that Caesar was also given this title, Prince of Peace, and also the title of Bringer of World Peace. However, his type mm-hmm. of peace came from violence and control. It was peace created by the threat of crucifixion. Jesus radically changes how we even view the cross, turning a violent symbol into a forgiving one. And this is common, especially if you're a Bible scholar or love Bible things and are nerds like us. You've probably heard of the word Pax Romana, which was established from uh, the Roman culture. Pax Romana was this declaration that they could not have war. It was peace, but it was peace through fear, domination, and control. Christ shows up and does something that we scholars have called now Pax Christos, which is peace through forgiveness, love, and liberation. And those right there are really cool to dissect and interchange because you're either living in Pax Romana or Pax Christos, and you can't be in both. You have to choose. Uh, To believe that peace on earth is impractical, uh, and a lot of people will say this, especially in our war-loving world. It's not practical to think that. It's not practical. You can't. It's literally to dismiss the way of Christ. It either It's either the way of Christ or the way of Rome, or we would say it today, it's either the way of Christ or the way of the USA, which again, we talked about in the last couple episodes. This is a tension that you should live in, and I don't know if I got great answers for it, other than the fact that I'm trying to live the way of Christ, and Christ is not a violent king. Brian Zahn says it this way, as long as we as American Christians justify violence as a legitimate way to bring peace on earth, we will eventually resort to it. The bankrupt idea that peace can be achieved by violence was once and for all shamed by the Son of God when he died on a Roman cross, renouncing force in favor of forgiveness as the ultimate expression of God's universal love. I, I can't say it better, so 
that's amazing, but also very challenging. So challenging. To live in this way and to not have the mindset of um, some type of retribution or uh, war to eventually lead to peace. Like that, that's just the way that, right, we were, we were brought up. It's the way that we're taught. But sometimes, or I would say in all those instances, as you just alluded to, um, it's not the way of Christ. Yeah. And so peace will always be beautiful. What I want to really focus on too with this idea of blessed are the peacemakers. Um, I love that Jesus doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. You know, you, you hear a lot, oh, we just need to keep the peace. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, um, especially if you are, I believe it's a nine on the Enneagram. Yeah. They're really peacekeepers, um, not peacemakers. Uh, but Jesus uses peacemakers. And really there, there's a difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Peacekeepers they will sometimes avoid confrontation uh, because they just want to sweep it under the rug. Let's just act like nothing happened. Yeah. We just need to keep the peace in our family and the situation and our relationship. But peacemakers, right? They want to make peace. So they embrace confrontation. Let, they say, let's get it out in the air. Let's talk about it. Let's work through this because I care about the relationship enough. I want us to grow through this thing. So they sometimes, peacemakers, will actually embrace the confrontation. Um, and so actually I remember preaching, um, a, a sermon about this years ago. And so we put some of these in the notes, but basically it's how to be a peacemaker. If blessed are the peacemakers, how do we become peacemakers mm-hmm. ourselves? And so some of these, um, might, um, might be helpful for you to follow some of them. Maybe you already, uh, do in your daily habits in your life. But the first one, the first way to be a peacemaker is to just admit to specifics, Um, and so it's one of the things where if maybe we know we've wronged someone instead of saying, Hey, I'm sorry, we'll go a little step further. We want to actually make peace with someone. Hey, I'm sorry because I did this, 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 and I know it came across in this way and I'm sure it affected you this, you know, possible way as well. And so I want to apologize for all of that, or I want to make sure that I like, I want this relationship to continue. Um, and so. Uh, I want to try to make the peace in this. So just admit to specifics. The next one is avoid making excuses. Um, there are so many excuses that could come while we don't want to confront, why we don't want to maybe um, embrace the confrontation, um, but just avoid making excuses. The third thing is accept consequences. So just realize in our relationship sometimes that there might be seasons of, I'll call it separation, maybe a boundaries put up, maybe you put a boundary up. And those things are okay, but there's going to be some consequences for actions. There just always are. And then the last thing though, and this might be one of the hardest things to do is just simply ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. If we know, again, back to, if we know we've hurt someone, wronged someone, said something about someone, did something where people took it in a way as hurtful, um, it is on us um, to ask for forgiveness. Now, it puts the ball in their court, so to speak, on what they do. Whenever we ask for forgiveness, there are sometimes we will ask for it and they might reply with, no, I, I can't do that right now. And we have to back to number three. We have to uh, accept that consequence. Um, there could be times where we ask for forgiveness and um, they might prolong it or they might say, well, we got to build up more trust before uh, before we are back in full relationship, how things used to be. But simply asking forgiveness, I believe starts that in motion, um, for, um, for reconciliation. And that's, that's who we are, right. Yeah. As people uh, that that's follow Jesus, 
um, our only ministry that everybody is in 100% for sure is the ministry of reconciliation if you yeah. follow Jesus. And so that that is all about making relationships right. And we got to set that example because we know we're forgiven people. Um, one, we forgive others. And I'm not saying that is doesn't come with boundaries, but we forgive others. But we're also the first and the and should be the quickest people to ask for forgiveness as well. Mm-hmm. And that is how to be a peace maker. maker. Yeah, I love that. I I, I do want to add this to this, is because there's some people that love confrontation and they go about it the wrong way, even though they're right in their confrontation, their attitude or action in that is wrong. And so again, as a peacemaker, you have to make sure that your attitude and action is right in your confrontation because how you go about that confrontation is more important than the confrontation itself. And so again, if we are all a part of the ministry of reconciliation, that should be your demeanor when you're confronting, especially somebody else that, that wronged you. So. Yeah, and I love what Jesus says here too. If we can't just stop it, blessed are the peacemakers, we have to finish the sentence, right? He says, for they will be called the children of God. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, um, when you know who you are yep. and your identity as a son or a daughter, um, you're okay to be someone that can confront when it needs to, to something needs to be confronted. Um, and you won't shy away from that. You won't be insecure that you'll lose relationship because ultimately you know who you are and whose you are in the same way, because I know I'm a son. If I mess up in a relationship with someone, I'm okay to immediately admit that I'm wrong, um, which a lot of people have a hard time to do, but I, I just know who I am and it doesn't define me if I make a mistake. And so I think that's why Jesus is alluding to this idea of, man, these peacemakers, when you go to make peace, not just keep peace, um, you will be called children of God because what it, what it does is exudes, uh, I guess, the confidence that each person has in knowing their identity as a son or daughter. And so, yeah. and, and we're not saying that people aren't children of God, but you will be actively participating and aware that you are one. Yeah. So you're a peacemaker, not a just a peacekeeper. The last beatitude that Jesus shares, verse 10, it's kind of a cool full circle moment here if you've never actually paid attention to it. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or in other words, it says, blessed are those who are misunderstood for loving well or loving like Jesus. Because honestly, and this is one of those things that gets really out of whack in the church world, Jesus was never concerned about condoning people because people are always like, well, you can't love everybody because, you know, you should stay away from certain things and understand the concern there. But Jesus wasn't worried about how other people viewed him. He was actually real bothered by the people that follow Jesus and how they were perceived because of who they excluded, which is crazy. And so I actually got this tattoo. It's one of my favorite tattoos. And my tattoo artist actually came up with the idea. He did the research on it and I didn't know this. Uh, but it's a shackle right here on my wrist and it's a leather shackle because he said in at least in the first and second centuries they wouldn't have used metal because apparently metal was valuable precious more more valuable so they wouldn't have put prisoners in in complete metal uh, so they would have had these leather shackles which is kind of crazy so i love the design of it on the tattoo but it's just a reminder yeah blessed are the persecuted for righteousness sake and i love it full circle moment it's because the blessing of this last beatitude, which is for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, is also the blessing of the first beatitude. And it's the only one that is repeated, which actually going through this to teach on the podcast, I, it was like, oh, mm. there, there it is. I, didn't, I never even noticed this. 
And this one is said right after he addresses peacemaking. So it's kind of, why is that? I think it has a purpose because when the world is run by power thirsty individuals, it's enforced by violence. In order to be a voice for the way of peace, it often comes at a price, and that price is, hmm. unfortunately, persecution. Hmm. Yeah, and when you think about it, right, ultimately Jesus didn't come to wage war on the Romans. As we all read all through the Gospels, he came to love them. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, he says things like, um, right, turn the other cheek. If someone asks you to go one mile, go with them too. Well, what was that about? Well, the Romans at any time could have the, the Jewish people, the people that were living in Israel. Hey, I need you to carry my item. They, it was a law. They had to. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus says, no, go out of your way to show love. Go the extra mile, so to speak, what we use even in a phrase today. Um, so he came to love them. And whenever you think about um, all of the Beatitudes, the eight that we went through over the last uh, four weeks, really the Beatitudes reveal the kingdom of God within. Yeah. It's what Jesus came to address. He came to confront the religious pharisaical system of the day. And he came to preach that the kingdom not only was at hand, but the kingdom is within. And, and so when you think about it, you know, as Jesus preached this first public sermon on a Galilean hillside, it launched him towards the crucifixion on Calvary's hillside. So he faced the ultimate persecution because his message of grace and because peace the and message love. <laughs> of peace. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I just like, that was like an aha moment right now, uh, live right here. You're, you're seeing this like, Holy smokes. Yeah. Full circle, full circle moment, which the whole reason for why we did, did these was not just cool revelation and whatnot about each, you know, each beatitude, not the fact that I have it tattooed on my arm, because ever since I got it tattooed on my arm, I had to memorize. I did not have them memorized before I had them tattooed. So if you were to ask me, what are the beatitudes? I'd be like, but now that I have them in image form, I can remember them all eight pretty quickly. And knowing them is, is one thing, but living them is another. And it has really launched me into this season of being very aware, not just of self and my own thoughts, but of like what's going on around me and wanting to be the type of person that is merciful in every situation, wanting the type of person that is loving and peaceful in every situation, all the, all of the Beatitudes. And that is just, I hope it challenges you more than anything. And I hope that as you've listened to these last four weeks, you've really put them to heart to recognize who you are as a child of God and make sure that you understand that you're bringing peace and you're bringing heaven into every room you walk into. Yeah, and honestly, even this morning going through this last beatitude really brought me a lot of comfort anyway, because it talked about blessed, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Um, we're people that see everyone with value. We are pastors who identify everyone as a child of God, that everyone through Jesus's death, burial and resurrection has been made righteous. He came to show that we have always been loved, that We've always been righteous. We've always been in right standing with God. We in our minds just maybe don't believe that. So all are righteous. Maybe some just aren't aware of it. And so when you have this message and you preach this message, I'm going to be honest, it comes with some persecution. And Jesus says here, though, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Calling out righteousness in people sometimes isn't always the easiest thing because you will be persecuted, but you do it because you know that we are a part of this amazing thing called the kingdom and the kingdom is within. 
Um, and that's a very empowering yeah. message. I'm going to, I'm going to read something. Actually, uh, Bishop Jamie Englehart posted something on Facebook yesterday and, or according to this podcast on Sunday, and it's kind of just fits right in with this one. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. This, this it. might be just a rant, but he said this, it blows me away that a preacher can preach and write books on all kinds of negative pessimism and fear from antichrist to tribulation appearing and happening tomorrow to God judging and people by sending natural disasters along with a sin focus and angry God message, as well as the mixing of covenants, which Paul called was witchcraft. And by horribly political and full of conspiracy theories with an us-versus-them exclusive narrative. And yet they get enough financial partners to buy those types of preachers a jet, which is funny to think about. (laughs) Then a preacher who preaches sonship, a good-loving father, an optimistic and kingdom-expanding message that is Christ-centered, full of identity with no fear, as well as love and grace-focused and yet seems to struggle to even get handfuls of partners because of their positive message. Then on top of that, they tend to get blackmailed, called a false teacher, wolf in sheep's clothing, a heretic, and every other name you can imagine just for preaching the message of freedom rather than fear and control. And that that thought alone is like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, we'll just no. leave you with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Well, we really do hope that you have uh, been blessed by this series going through the Beatitudes. Uh, and we would appreciate for you to like and share. Also, we would appreciate... Um, when we hit that 50,000 for you to celebrate with us. So if you see different posts about that later on this week, when we hit that, we would appreciate for you to share um, so that we can continue to uh, increase our reach with uh, what we believe is actually really encouraging good good news. Um, And I think people need to hear it. And so we appreciate you. We love you. And just know you are loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 